Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and this week we're delving into our archive, looking back to June 2018, and a podcast series where we spoke to some Japanese music fans, DJs and collectors who kindly invited us on a journey through their record collections, exploring the sounds that have emerged over the past 40 years. We try to excavate the story behind each recording. Uh, A lot of times that story is just as fascinating as the music itself. In the second of our trilogy of Japanese music podcasts, we enter the 80s with the help of Light in the Attic Records. We speak to Yosuke Kitazawa from the label about tracks from their recent releases which are linked to this decade. Hi, my name is Yosuke Kitazawa. I'm a reissue producer at Light in the Attic Records based in Seattle and Los Angeles. Light in the Attic Records is primarily a reissue label that started in Seattle 16 years ago. Now we have an office in Los Angeles. Well, we kind of help promote these artists as if they were new artists. So they get a new kind of a new lease on their uh, musical career. We really take care in our reissues where uh, put a lot of attention into detail. If it's a straight reissue of an album, we make sure that we retain all the original elements and at the same, same time we try to add as much as we can to the original release so that we can provide context as to where that recording came from, like the backstories. Well, those stories are really important to us. We feel like a lot of recordings kind of exist in a vacuum where the listeners might enjoy the recordings but they don't really know where they came from. So we try to excavate the story behind each recording. And a lot of times that story is just as fascinating as the music itself. Well, the selections I made are all from compilations that we we have put out or are going to be putting out. They're all part of a series that we call Japan Archival Series. Well, the first one that came out was called Even a Tree Can Shed Tears. Japanese folk and rock 1969 to 1973. And that came out uh, last October as the first in the the Japan Archival series. Uh, Another compilation that's going to come out later this year, it's called Kankyo Ongaku, uh, Japanese Ambient Environmental and New Age Music, 1980 through 1990. The other 
compilation that we're hoping that it's going to come out later this year as well. It's called Pacific Breeze, Japanese City Pop AOR and Boogie, 1976 through Mary Ann was on the folk rock compilation. It's a group that uh, featured uh, Sachiko Kanenobu as a lead singer. Uh, she also had a solo career as uh, one of the only female singer-songwriters from the folk rock scene in the late 60s and early 70s. And the group also featured some other members who went on to have some notable careers. Man named Isato Nakagawa, who became part of the group Itsutsu no Akai Fusen. Ichizo Seo, who became a producer for some well known folk artists like Takuro Yoshida and Tetsuo Saito. And then they also played often with a famous harmonica player named Koichi Matsuda. And Gu, they only released two singles. Uh, they were both on a label called URC, uh, which stands for Underground Record Club. Uh, Mary Ann was their second single. It's kind of considered a classic, uh, the acid folk genre uh, coming from Japan, and one of the earliest that can be considered acid folk. So it's got kind of like a psychedelic feel, kind of analogous to what was going on in England, maybe like, like Fairport Convention or uh, Pentangle or something. Ima. マリアンヌもいない。春かな。旅に出たマリアン。待っていたって。戻ってはこない。And Sachiko Kanenobu, after she recorded these two singles with Gu, went on to record a solo album called Misora, also for the URC label. And that album was produced by Harumi Hosono, one of his first production works. This is considered one of the first female singer-songwriter albums in Japan, where uh, Suchiko wrote all the songs and played all the guitar parts herself and did a lot of the arrangements. So she was kind of a pioneer in that way. 
right after the album came out, she met Paul Williams, who is best known for starting the rock magazine called Crawdaddy. She met and she moved to the U.S. to be with him in New York. So uh, she never made a follow-up album after Misoda. So she's been in the U.S. since then, and she now lives in California. She's made a few albums, kind of like a comeback career. And now, since the Light and Addicts compilation came out last year, kind of inspired her to pick up the guitar again. So she's been playing around uh, some private parties, and she also played a radio session on WFMU. And she's planning on playing a few live shows in the U.S. and in Japan in the coming uh, in the coming months. Next track is Subterranean Futaribochi by Nanako Sato. Nanako Sato kind of became a musician by fluke after she entered a songwriting contest at the urging uh, of her friend named Motoharu Sano, who went on to become kind of a huge rock star in Japan. So she entered this songwriting contest and ended up winning the top prize. Uh, she got a record deal out of it. And through that record deal, she recorded four albums over two years. She was kind of known for her whispery singing voice. Uh, Shibuyake is a style that became popular in Japan in the 80s and 90s, where they had this type of like breathy singing voice, kind of a breezy feel to uh, a lot of their music. Sato, after she recorded those four albums out of that record deal, uh, she became a really successful songwriter, providing uh, songs for other bands like uh, The Moon Riders and Pizzicato Five. Her, her life is really interesting in that. Like after that, she, she kind of put a hold on her music career and uh, she, she became really well known as a photographer. And then after she returned to Japan in the 90s, she started uh, recording again. Interesting part of that is that her song uh, called Love is a Drug became the single of the week on NME of all places. And that was the first time a Japanese artist got that single of the week. So that became kind of a big deal. And this was in the, in the mid 90s. 
she made an album with Simon Raimondi from the Cocteau Twins, and uh, which was released on his label Bella Union. She kind of had success uh, in Europe. I'm not sure if I can say more, like she had more success in Europe, but she was really uh, respected as a musician in Europe. Next song is Coffee Rumba by Izumi Kobayashi. This is a really interesting take on a song that was originally released in the late 50s in Venezuela called Moliendo Cafe. covered by many artists over the years. I feel that this version is so unique that it, she kind of makes it her own. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, you, you would think that it was just an original song of hers. Uh, she sings in Japanese. The arrangement is kind of, kind of different from all the other versions of this song, which has like a Latin rhythm. She uses a lot of like really interesting electronic instrumentation and synthesizers, but still has that kind of a Latin feel, but maybe like a futuristic Latin feel. So Izumi Kobayashi, she became a professional musician at the age of 16 as a keyboard player, uh, playing uh, a lot of studio sessions. By the time she was in her early 20s, she was already fronting her own kind of Latin tropical band called the Flying Mimi Band. At the same time, she was really known for her contributions to animes. She wrote a lot of songs that became the theme songs to anime, like animated TV shows, the most famous of which was called Urusei Yatsura, which was a really popular anime series back in the 80s. And soon after that, uh, she moved to England in the 80s. She met a man named Holger Hiller, who was known as a producer for Mute Records at the time. So they began collaborating on a lot of musical projects. Uh, a lot of them were kind of like early industrial recordings and experimental electronic styles. Through that connection with Holger Hiller, Izumi Kobayashi, she actually did an, an official remix of Depeche Mode's Enjoy the Silence, uh, which came out on Mute Records. So she's had a very interesting international career. I'm 
The next song is Islander by Joe Hisaishi. Joe Hisaishi is probably best known as the composer of Hayao Miyazaki's、uh, animated films. Like Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro.、Uh, what a lot of people don't know much about is his early career as a minimal music composer, influenced by people like Terry Riley, Philip Glass, and、uh, Toru Takemitsu from Japan. For a time, he was a member of Mukwaju Ensemble alongside Midori Takada, who has been getting a lot of. Lot of attention since the reissue of her album called Through the Looking Glass. And yeah, so Joe Hisaishi worked with Takada and Mukwajo Ensemble doing a lot of arrangements and producing. Right after that, 1982 released his first solo album called Information, which was credited to a group name called Wonder City Orchestra, but it was basically.、Uh, Joe Hisaishi's solo album. This song, it's got that early minimal Terry Riley esque style to it, what he was doing in his early career. But it also kind of foreshadows the work that he would go on to do on his first collaboration with Hayao Miyazaki, a film called Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. The soundtrack to that, kind of a combination of like this. Terry Riley esque like organ workouts and kind of minimal style, but it also has like orchestral sentimental melodies that he would go on to use a lot more in his later collaborations with Miyazaki. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Next song is called Nemureru Yoru by Hideki Matsutake. Hideki Matsutake is known to a lot of people as the hidden fourth member of Yellow Magic Orchestra. He was responsible for programming all the synthesizers and sequencers and uh, all the computers that they used. So he helped create a lot of the sounds that Arima Hosono, uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto, and Yukihiro Takahashi used for their groundbreaking technopop is the term that they use a lot to describe their sound. Matsutake started his career as an assistant to Isao Tomita. He's probably most famous for uh, his album called Snowflakes Are Dancing, uh, which featured arrangements of Claude Debussy's works recorded entirely on synthesizers. That was in the early 70s. 
after that, Matsutake became kind of the go-to guy for a lot of artists wanting to work with synthesizers and computers. And at the time, these synthesizers were kind of like beasts where like, you really had to know how to work it to, to be able to use it. So a lot of people got some help from Matsutake to create the sounds that they wanted to use on the recordings. This track, Nemurere Yoru, uh, originally on cassette, it was tended to be kind of a sleeping aid, kind of like a novelty almost. So this was, uh, the original version was 40 minutes long and it contained a voice counting sheep. The voice actually counts sheep up to 500 uh, at the end of the 40 minutes. And then he asks the listener, like, are you still awake? Like, that's how the original recording ends. But this version is actually called the karaoke version, so it doesn't have the voice counting sheep. But since it's karaoke, it allows the listener to count their own sheep. Final track is Sportsman by Harumi Hosono. Sono is probably one of the most respected musicians in Japan. Haruomi Hosono, uh, with the other members of Happy End, they they really thought about how the lyrics should fit in with like a rock setting. They were influenced a lot by groups like Buffalo Springfield. They used a lot of like wordplay and really interesting cadences that they used in singing these Japanese phrases. At the same time, he was very prolific and very busy as a session musician. He had a band, a sort, sort of a session band called Timpan Alley. And with that group, he participated in so many uh, recordings in Japan in the, in the early to mid-70s. Maybe half of all the records, maybe this is an exaggeration, but if you look at half of all the records released during that time, you would see Hosono's name on there as a session musician. 
He's always been a super busy, super prolific artist. In the late 70s, he started a group called Yellow Magic Orchestra, which I talked about a little bit. They were uh, they were very successful in Japan, and they had some success uh, in Europe and the U.S. as well. They became kind of kind of like superstars in Japan. kind of wanted a break from that. So in 1982, during a short hiatus from Yellow Magic Orchestra, he decided to record a solo album called Phil Harmony. Because before this, uh, Hosono always using the studio for uh, the Alpha Records studio, which didn't give a lot of time for other artists on the label to use the studio. So that's one of the reasons why Hosono was given a personal studio, but that studio uh, named LDK Studios. Uh, LDK is a term that you use in Japan to describe uh, houses, uh, like the size of houses. Uh, the idea behind naming it LDK Studios was that it was like it was like a home for Hosono, because he, he basically lived at the studio and would work on music like 24-7, basically. Well, I was familiar with some of the music that are on this compilation, but a lot of it was very new to me. Uh, even though I'm I'm Japanese, uh, I grew up in the U.S. Uh, there was a lot of Japanese music that I I didn't. I didn't grow up with and I wasn't familiar with. So working on these compilations definitely opened opened me up to a lot of music that I didn't know before working on this. I would say that's the biggest biggest pleasure I've gotten out of uh, working on these, just discovering all this music, all this amazing music that I didn't really know about. Also, getting in contact with meeting a lot of these artists it's been amazing as well. I got to meet some of the artists when when I went to Japan a couple of times in the past few years. A lot of them are really thankful that this music is coming out outside of Japan. Or a lot of these artists were kind of surprised that there's interest in their music outside of Japan. To be able to be a part of that whole resurgence of amazing music that have been kind of unknown outside of outside of Japan and also kind of some of them have been kind of forgotten in Japan as well so to be able to, to dig that up and spread spread the word about the about these about this music uh, is a very how should I how should I say very rewarding I would say 
Thanks to Yosuke for speaking to us. In our third and final special edition, we move to the 90s as we speak to Ian Martin, author of Quit Your Band, Music Notes from the Japanese Underground. He takes us more into the live music scene and some of the more experimental and noise-based artists. And I just started going out to shows, finding music that I'd just never heard anything like before. I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. Here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and theme series subscribe to nothing concrete on acast spotify or wherever you find your podcasts and if you can leave us a review to help us get the word out cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.